Good day and welcome to A Call to Consciousness with author and host Brian McClure. Brian and his guests share their personal stories to empower you in knowing that you too are the difference makers in our world. Now, here's your host, Brian McClure. Oh, I've been smiling lately, dreaming about the world at one. Hello, this is your host, Brian McClure, and welcome to A Call to Consciousness. This show is brought to you by the Universal Flag Companies. The Universal Flag and Symbol represent the oneness of everyone and everything. In 2007, the United Nations Human Development Report noted that there are still about a billion people living on less than $1 a day. There are another 2.6 billion living on less than $2 a day. So for much of the 90s through the present, it has been understood that roughly half of humanity has been living on less than $2 per day. According to UNICEF, nearly a billion people entered the 21st century unable to read a book or sign their names. They are referred to as the world's functional illiterates, and their numbers are growing. You know, human development is about much more than the rise and fall of national incomes. It's about much more than the rise and fall of our personal incomes. It is about creating an environment in which people can develop their full potential and lead productive, creative lives in accord with their needs and interests, in accord with the needs and interests of others. In, or, in order for them to create these lives of harmony and interdependence, we have to change the way that we view our world and the way that we view who we are because people are the real wealth of our world. It's what allows us to continue to function in each new day. The universal flag is spread into 90 countries so far and continues to spread in each new day. And the symbol represents one very simple thing. It represents the inclusion of everyone and everything. Because at our core, we are all unconditional love. That's what we always have been. That's what we always will be. And we rem when we remember that, we when we remember that the things in others that perturb us are those parts of ourselves that come up that we need to work on and get rid of and release the judgment in each new day in order to get to a place of zero limits, as the book Zero Limits says, then we can help ourselves to understand and fully uh, appreciate the interconnection and interdependence that we all have. In order to see more about the Universal Flag, you can visit universalflag.org. The opportunity to spread the truth of our oneness rests with us. Um, tonight on our show, we are supposed to have Congressman Dennis Kucinich. And we don't have him on the line right now, but I'm sure pretty soon he will be. Uh, the congressman has held his seat since 1997 and has run for the U.S. presidency twice. When people around the country heard the congressman was going to be our guest, we received a lot of emails. And the following are two just a sm the following two emails are just a small sampling of the many emails that we got. Uh, Marcella Cruz says, "Hey Brian, you are interviewing one of my favorite people." Phil Witt from Ohio writes, "I was living in Cleveland, Ohio, when Dennis Kucinich was the mayor of Cleveland. He did a fine job helping the people keep their plants open when the steel business was going downhill fast in the." USA. Dennis also helped the poor people find housing and food for their children when the U.S. government said there wasn't any money for this program. 
I'm looking forward to hear what Dennis Kaye has to say tonight. For me personally, I observed the congressman since 1977. That was the year that I graduated from college and also the year that the congressman became the youngest mayor of a major city, Cleveland, Ohio. I lived just 40 miles east of Cleveland. I didn't really have an opinion at the time about politics. And I really believed that all the press told me was true. And trust me, the congressman was in the paper and the news a lot. Today I know that he stood his ground putting principles above politics. He has authored and co-sponsored legislation to create a national health care system, preserve social security, lower the cost of prescription drugs, provide economic development through infrastructure improvements, abolish the death penalty, provide universal kindergarten for three, four, and five-year-olds, and create a Department of Peace. These are just a few of the many pieces of legislation that he's worked on. He has always been a tireless fighter for human rights and the human and the and the environment. Congressman, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the invitation to be on. I'm in my district right now, and I have uh, all of about 10 minutes, but I'm glad to be with you, and I look forward to our discussion. Thank you for the invitation. Excellent. Well, you know, we're going to cut down some of the questions then. You know, I was interested in finding out, to start with, some of, some of your history, how you, uh, you know, where you were born and raised, and how you got influenced into getting into politics in the first place. Well, when I was a freshman at St. John Cantius High School, I saw John Kennedy give his inaugural and I was really moved by his call for involvement uh, and asking what we could do for our country. And like a lot of young people at that time, I was uh, really inspired by John Kennedy. And when I, uh, when I was a sophomore, I decided that I wanted to be in national politics. And so I really, as a young person, I started to pursue this path at an early age. It took me to local government and uh, then state government and then federal government. Uh, but I mentioned that because everyone listening should remember to encourage children because that encouragement can have a way of going, uh, of telescoping itself into the future in some powerful uh, manners. So you were 23 when you first uh, uh, got into politics. Uh, well, I, I ran when I was 20. I got elected and took office when I was 23 years old in Cleveland City Council. Mm -hmm. And then by age, age 31, you became the youngest mayor of a major city. That's right. I was elected mayor of Cleveland in 1977 on a promise to save the city's municipal electric system from a takeover. Uh, I kept that promise. I saved the electric system, and it was really important for people in the city because over the years they saved collectively hundreds of millions of dollars on their electric bills. You know, I remember at the time there was tremendous controversy because a number of the bankers had an interest in the new power company. And that was uh, something that really wasn't publicized much, and you took a lot of heat at that time. In fact, it forced you out of politics for a while, didn't it? Well, uh, you know, the stand was costly because I took on all the interest groups in Cleveland who were trying to take over, force me to sell the city's municipally-owned electric system. And it's true that the banks had interest in the private utility company that would benefit from the uh, city power company going out of business. When I lost the election, it took me... Uh, 15 years to make a full comeback, but, uh, you know, fortunately I had 15 years to spare. Well, you've been a congressman for, since 1997 now, correct? Right. I was elected to the United States Congress on my fifth try. The first time I ran was 1972, 36 years ago. So really, you put all of your belief system into practice the very first opportunity you had, which was with the municipal light system in Cleveland, Ohio. I put it all on the line. 
And what what piece of advice would you give to the listeners, the young listeners, the listeners that are listening today, as they're taking a look at what they want to do in their life? Uh, follow your passion. Do what you love. Uh, whatever your dream is, work on it every day. And don't ever let anyone tell you you can't do it. Because each person uh, has within his or her own heart a kind of a map of their future. And that, that map is, is really felt in... Those, those quiet moments when we have a yearning to do something or be somebody that maybe some, some would think that we really couldn't do. Uh, you have to really trust yourself. So, you know, follow your own uh, star in that sense and, and, and have courage. Don't ever, don't ever quit. Don't ever quit. If persistence always pays off, that's what I found out. You know, you've been a, a peace advocate for a long time. You were, you were one of the congressmen, maybe the only one that I know of, that voted against the war. Where did you where did you come up with that stand? Well, I, first of all, I knew the war was not based on truth, and that was easy. Uh, you know, America's security wasn't at risk uh, uh, from Iraq, uh, and so the war against Iraq was fundamentally wrong. Iraq didn't have weapons of mass destruction, had no intention or capability of attacking the United States. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, I think that you know, while the country has a right to defend itself. Our best defense is through diplomacy. Uh, you know, the way that we're strong is through pursuing peace. And that strength through peace is really the doctrine that I bring to the United States Congress and to, and to this country, uh, as opposed to the peace through strength, which is uh, unilateralism, first strike preemption, that approach that got us into war against Iraq could take us into war against Iran. I really believe that we have to, have to show our capacity to evolve that we can be more than we are and better than we are, that we can create uh, a, a new world uh, based on our own individual commitment to peace. So, uh, yes, peace is inevitable. War is not inevitable unless you capitulate to the, uh, uh, to the lust that some people have for war, notwithstanding what the facts are. You know, our government has threatened Iran a number of times that they're going to bomb the uh, nuclear uh, 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 places where they are testing and trying to put uh, nuclear uh, 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 program together, and I saw I saw actually a talk that you did where you talked about 2.6 billion people or, or million people being affected to kill them instantaneously, and well, millions of others. The Physicians for Social Responsibility did a uh, uh, a model of what would happen if you dropped a, a, a nuclear earth penetrator uh, that would go 40 feet into the earth and explode on a uh, nuclear research facility. Uh, they said in their study that was done over a year ago that uh, 2.6 million people would be, uh, would, would be killed as a result of the initial blast and the radio, radioactive fallout with millions more in, in countries as far away as India becoming sick from, uh, uh, from uh, radio, radioactive fallout. So, you know, it's, it's immoral even to talk about uh, a nuclear attack on another nation. And while Iran uh, may be doing research for uh, nuclear power, uh, I think that we have to move in a whole new direction with our power uh, sources and even get away from nuclear. Mm -hmm. But the United States, which has more nuclear weapons than any country, is hardly in a position to preach to others around the world about not having nuclear weapons. We need to lead, lead the way towards total nuclear disarmament. You know, we have to uh, beat our swords into plowshares, our spears into pruning hooks. We cannot even take up... We cannot even talk about taking up uh, a sword against another nation when we're talking about a, nu a nuclear weapon. So I, I really think we're at an urgent moment when 
people of goodwill must come together and say we cannot have another war. We were lied to to take us into a war against Iraq, and uh, we must not be accepting of a lie again with respect to an attack on Iran. There is no call for it whatsoever. I want to thank you for the chance to be on your show. And I would ask people that if they could go to my website at kucinich.us, and some are interested still in signing the petition on impeachment, they can sign the petition at kucinich.us to ask to demand accountability of the Bush administration, to demand that this country adhere to the high standards that are in our Constitution and in our Declaration. This is a great country, but in order to keep it a, a democracy, we're going to have to work real hard to make sure that those who would take us in a different direction are challenged and uh, are held to accounting. So thank you for giving me this chance to be on your show. You know, I appreciate it. I had one last question. What changes do you think need to take place in our country in order to ensure a future like we have enjoyed for our grandchildren and our grandchildren's grandchildren? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, we need to uh, explore alternative energy and really get into it uh, to use wind and solar uh, thoroughly. I've proposed a Works Green administration where we would be involved in incentivizing the design, engineering, production, manuf uh, manufacturing, maintenance of tens of millions of wind and solar microtechnologies that could be installed in American homes and businesses, dramatically lowering our carbon footprint and uh, saving individuals money on their own electric bills. I think that it's time that we have a not-for-profit health care system, Medicare for All. That's the proposal that I'm the co-author of, and it's mm -hmm. a bill, H.R. 676. It's time that we, we provided opportunities for our children to have a fully paid college education, and every person in this country should have the right to go to college, uh, tuition free to a public college or university. The money is there. We just have to change our priorities. We need to rebuild America's uh, uh, infrastructure, put millions of people to work rebuilding our roads, our bridges, our water system, our sewer system. We need to develop technologies for peace through the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. That means all of our exploration in the future has to be peaceful, not, not uh, developing new generations of weapons. And we have to develop the capacity in each person to know how to make peace. That's why I propose the Department of, uh, of, of, of Peace. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to change the name to the Department of Restorative Justice. And we're going to pursue things like uh, truth and reconciliation in this country so that we can uh, uh, find uh, our way back from this moral cul-de-sac that 9-11 plunged us into because of the way our leaders misinterpreted 9-11. Mm -hmm. I, 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 there's so much work to do, but we have the people and the intelligence and the heart to do it. Uh, we just have to have the intention to do so. And if we intend to do that, we can not only save our country, we'll save the world. So Thank we're talking know. about starting with us first and, Absolutely. and taking it out to the world. So how does that play into the present-day globalization issues that we're facing? I mean, you fought for the worker forever. Globalization generally has meant control of, uh, of, of local monetary uh, systems by corporations. Uh, globalization has meant a decline in the quality of life of people worldwide as opposed to elevating the human condition. It's mm -hmm. meant uh, that workers have had their uh, rights to organize dash. It's meant that the environment has been destroyed by corporations who are not bound by air and water uh, pollution standards. It meant by that human rights have been degraded with slave labor, prison labor, and child labor. So we must have a whole new approach towards our commerce. And we must do it with the equipping nations with the ability to control their own destiny through having control over their monetary system. We have a debt-based monetary system where, uh, where government borrows money from these, uh, uh, from these banks and essentially puts the, uh, 
uh, puts them, you know, puts themselves in the hock. Government should have government should have the ability to spend money into circulation to meet their own needs. This whole idea about this uh, debt-based monetary system is the reason for uh, governments uh, going broke. It's the reason for our economy being stagnant. It's the reason for uh, us not having the kind of uh, infrastructure that we need. And it's and it's the reason for so many people being in debt. I mean, it's time that we really tapped our wealth producing capability and uh, started to look once again at the privatization of the monetary system that happened with the passage of the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. Now, I, I think that uh, uh, I'm ready to look at, at all systems that exist right now and evaluate them on their face and see whether or not they're fair. And wherever it's not fair, we need to give nations the ability to handle their own, their own uh, business and uh, to provide for their own people. Again, I'm going to have to go right now, but thank you, thank you, thank you. For, uh, for this call to consciousness and for this opportunity to, uh, uh, to be on your show. Thank you. Why don't you give your website one more time so that the listeners can look up some of your legislation? .us, K-U-C-I-N-I-C-H, Senate's.us, and I would, there's an impeachment petition there that really calls for the president to be held accountable for taking us into a war that was based on falsehood and for other uh, violations of law. So, so I would ask you to go right now to that website and sign the petition, and I'm delivering those petitions personally to the Congress. So How many do you need? The, the message will be delivered, let me tell you. And I thank you. Thank you. I've got to go right now, but uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to being with you again. Okay, Congressman. Thank you very much. Bye now. Bye-bye. Our guest tonight was Congressman Dennis Kucinich. We didn't have time to... Uh, Get some of the callers on the line that wanted to uh, ask him some questions, but uh, he's a busy man, and uh, he's doing a number of things to help our world. One of the questions that I did want to ask him, and maybe I'll put it out there for you if you want to call in. Our call-in number is 877-520-1150. Again, that number is 877-520-1150. I wanted to know what he thought that we could do to help our world when it comes to globalization, to help our world when it comes to creating the peace that we would all like to see. And you know, Washali in the show before, of us, before us talks about uh, uh, how we are what we love and we love whatever we're giving our attention to. And my question to you is, do you think that we really do give the attention to peace? Do we give the attention to oneness? Do we give the attention to change or maybe do we think about the things that we need or we want? So many of us, you know, are busy with our days. We've got problems, economic problems. Gasoline prices are up. We've had earthquakes in California. You know, there are a lot of things that go on in our personal lives that create uh, difficulty for us. And so it's hard to set aside time and to think about other people when our lives are so busy and we're up against the wall. And that's a question that I would ask you. What is it that we can do, and how do you think that we can change some of our practices in order to incorporate a kinder, more gentler way of thinking about the world or other people? I don't see our world changing in a few ways. And another question that I wanted to ask the congressman was, you know, how he thought that we could save manufacturing jobs when, you know, as a, as a country, we took manufacturing from Europe uh, you know, back uh, 60 years ago, and, uh, and, and now other countries uh, around the world that uh, were depressed, that can manufacture things for 10 cents an hour, 
are starting to do that and they're starting to become the manufacturers of the world as we lose jobs. How can we continue to maintain our uh, rate of, of dollars that we make per hour with our unions and our people when we're losing manufacturing jobs? You know, I'm very curious to, to see what you think. Again, you can call us at 877-520-1150. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to A Call to Consciousness with Brian McClure. We'll talk to you soon. Attention parents and grandparents. The world's greatest children's book author, Brian D. McClure, brings you two books, The Raindrop and The Sun and the Moon, both available at Amazon.com and UniversalFlag.com. The entire family has been waiting for these books. Buy both The Raindrop and The Sun and the Moon by Brian D. McClure, and your children and grandchildren will be inspired, entertained, and educated by the messages and illustrations contained within. For more information, go to www.universalflag.com. The universal flag is a symbol that represents our global community, transcending differences while honoring the uniqueness and commonality of all people. The Universal Flag companies have reached out to over 67 countries because half our world, 3 billion people, live on less than a dollar a day. Brian D. McClure's mission is to spread this symbol globally to inspire and give hope to people in need. Make a donation today to the people who need it most. Help global empowerment prosper through the Universal Flag Companies and make a donation now. For more information, go to www.universalflag.com. That's universalflag.com. Hi, this is Brian McClure, and welcome back to A Call to Consciousness. Our guest tonight was Congressman Dennis Kucinich. We have a couple callers on the line. We're going to go to line one. We've got Roland from Carson, California. Roland, welcome to A Call to Consciousness. Hi. Thanks for having me. And what was your question, Roland? Um, really, I would, I would like to say basically that we all focus on ourselves and what we're getting out of this world and what we're you know what we can do to to uh, to proceed in it. You know what you know monetarily or or, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. You, know? Um, you know, as as Mr. Simmons was saying, you know, he wants you know Medicare for for all our our to some extent. But if but we're already you know we take so much. Like there's a whole bunch of us who are overweight, and then you know we have to have more people do more for each other. You know, I would agree that we all have to do our part, and we have to probably change the way that we focus, the way that we think about uh, ourselves and our lives and think about others. Um, and we do have a problem. We are one of the most obese, uh, obese uh, societies in, in the world right now because we continue to consume, 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 and everything right. is fast and easy for us. 
Right, right. And I think if a, a national health care or something like that that doesn't say, okay, if you want health care or you want something better, you have to do something. We can't, we're not just going to say, okay, you ate too much, so we're going to give you a, a triple <laughs> bypass surgery, and that's going to solve the problem. I think that, that that's just a Band-Aid, and we're going to suffer from that going forward. I mean, our kids eat too much sugar, you know. I mean, there's not much natural things, that, you know, unless we really try out there. You know, we need... Nutrition is... Nutrition is something I've become very aware of because my children uh, uh, had some food allergies that I wasn't aware of. And one of the things that I found out is that uh, when you eat the wrong foods uh, and you have a food allergy, that is one of the, the reasons that kids today have ADD or ADHD. And yeah. uh, when you take away those uh, foods that cause the allergies, wheat, gluten, or dairy, which is very hard for most of us to even think of. How could we do without milk? I didn't realize that a lot of the world doesn't drink milk, but they drink almond right. milk or rice milk or other products. And most of the world doesn't have the sugar that we consume or the ice cream or the things that don't really serve our body. Food, in the end, is really just the nutrition, the minerals, and the vitamins that we eat that allow our body which is just a temporary vehicle to, you know, work. And, and what are you going to put into your car if you have a race car, if you have a uh, Learjet? You're not going to put regular. You want to put the best fuel that you can. And so what you're talking about is changing the way that we view our world and take a look from a new position, a new set of eyes, and uh, really take more responsibility personally to help ourselves. Yeah. And I think by helping ourselves or, or by putting it in such a way that, like, again, for healthcare, like, you know, people, instead of just saying, okay, let's give healthcare for everybody, but demand something back for that, not, you know, that, that people would have, you know, need to change before we just give it away. Because I think if we give something away, it's going to be taken for granted. It's going to be just, you know, another, although the, you know, it's trying to do something good, the end result may not be that it ends for something good. Roland, I would like to thank you for uh, calling in tonight. I agree with you 100%, and uh, thanks for listening. You know, we've got a caller on line, too, David from Los Angeles. David, welcome to A Call to Consciousness. Thanks a lot, Brian. Um, just want to say I'm a big fan of the show. I do listen every week, and I just really enjoy all of your positive comments. And I don't know, you just make me feel better uh, when I listen. Well, thank you, David. Um, here's my question. You were talking about doing our part, and it kind of reminded me of the Peace Corps. Mm -hmm. um, and then that sort of reminded me of kind of this idea of national service, like, you know, like some other countries do, where mm -hmm. young people are required to, I guess, do a year or two of national service. And I was wondering, I'm sort of in favor of that, and... I was wondering, obviously, what your comments are, but I'm really anxious to see maybe what your listeners think as far as requiring national service. You know what? We'll, we'll have some callers call in and, and let us know what, what they think about that. I think that that is a fantastic idea. Instead of going into the service, go into national service and spend a year or two helping to be of service to others, teaching them, you know, the different levels that we have in our country or in our world and so that we can start to create the harmony that we're talking about. I think that is a, a wonderful idea and something that we don't really think about. It's kind of what John Kennedy said in his inaugural speech, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. 
And if we expanded that, it could be ask what you can do for your world. Because as we start to expand, our world is getting smaller in each new day. We need to have that opportunity to be of service to others, to help them be of service to themselves. We share our information, some of our resources, but mostly our knowledge and our love with other people. Mm-hmm. And Brian, you know, the thing about the Peace Corps, you know, of course I'm in favor of helping people in other countries, but in a sense, I just, it kind of frustrates me that we spend so much attention on helping these people in other countries when here at home we have so many people who need help and in a sense this national service requirement to me would sort of pattern itself after the peace corps but Mm -hmm. be a domestic peace corps so to speak and Mm -hmm. again i just wish your listeners would sort of chime in on that and and i just and i also wish someone like yourself someone would champion this issue (laughs) <laughs> well, we're championing a lot of things, and we, we will see. We do have some people that probably definitely can do that. A better community for all is one of those opportunities that we have out there, and you can see them at abcforall.net. And, uh, you know, there are so many groups around our world that are doing a wonderful job in helping. Um, David, we want to thank you for calling and uh, ask you to continue to listen and uh Uh, we will find out uh, what some of the other listeners have to say about your view. Um, We have a caller on line three, Sharon, from Seattle, Washington. Sharon, welcome to A Call to Consciousness. Hi, Brian. This is Sharon Raji, and congratulations on your show. It's really great. Oh, thank you, Sharon. A long time no talk. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I've been in the personal growth transformation arena for a very, very long time, and one thing I know is that when an individual is trying to change or transform their personal life, they have to be willing to acknowledge their stories, I'll say, of what they bring to the table mm-hmm. that has made their life not work well. And they can't simply put new patterns into their life thinking that the old need not be eradicated. Mm-hmm. It's like a farmer going to plant new seeds because they don't really like the tomatoes and the apricots and the chard. But they never take out the apricots, tomatoes, and chard, and they just plant new seeds. Can't do it. We have to be able to acknowledge what it is that, has, that is not okay in our world, and we have to be able to choose differently because that's the power we have as individuals is to choose differently. And uh, what I've noticed is that we as, a, as a human, human beings here, especially in this country, that, that's where I've worked most, we know very, very well how to survive. And we have that down so pat <laughs> that we have ingrained hab- habits of thinking, of being, and it's all about limit and getting through and making it through a day or a month or a week or whatever, and Mm -hmm. we know survival so well. Mm -hmm. What we don't know, that we know how to talk, but we don't know how to do it. In my experience, I've seen this in so many organizations, we don't know how to, to put in place and actualize and act from a place of collaborative, diversity, unity, partnering, synergy. Mm-hmm. We know how to talk it. We <laughs> don't know how to walk it. So, so I see that there's a, where we are, I think, right now on the planet is we have an amazing opportunity 
of a great deal of people who are aware who has some real solid values that you represent. We, there's so many people who absolutely know that we are divine beings, whatever name they give it, mm-hmm. and that we are one. Now, how do we act from that place? First of all, we have to, acknowledging it is incredibly important, and making the choice to be that in my daily walk is very important. And then when that, all of the things that come up, because they will, that show us that it's not true, (laughs) to be able to say that which Mm -hmm. is not true. No, I am finished with that. I am finished with that story. But really, you know, I've, I've been in the political arena for a little bit of time, and so many of our current systems are based on our view of how can we survive. And survival means I win and you lose. (laughs) It means I can step on your face to get ahead because I have to survive. And there was a time that we, as a human species, we needed to survive. Now we are no longer in that place energetically. Now we really need to say, whoa, wait a minute, what in my garden are survival thinking and techniques? A, we don't have to have permission to get out there and make a difference in the world. All we have to do is choose to do it and be willing to drop off our own stories of fear, of limit, of cynicism. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where we are at a huge crossroads. I think we have a great deal. I know we have a great deal of energetic foundation spiritually waiting to be funneled into new dramas for this planet. I think it's happening in each new day, Sharon. I think that they're walking into a new paradigm, and and the old paradigm is kind of walking out. You could almost hear it in uh, Congressman Kucinich's uh, message and some of the things that he's looking to try to do, and and to think about our government Mm -hmm. taking those steps. uh, Think about 50 years ago. It could have never happened, and it's just the beginning of Mm -hmm. this new paradigm. You know, Sharon, you have your own radio show, Correct. which is out of Seattle. As a matter of fact, I want to thank you. You, you, were, you were probably mm-hmm. the first person that allowed me to know that I had a voice and I should have a radio show, and, and I've had several of them since being yeah, on your well, radio show. Um, yeah, I've loved watching that. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, so, and what, what you say is very important for the listeners because there are so many of us that, are in this, that, that were in the same position. Certainly mm-hmm. I had the universal flag that uh, came uh, through me, and I was bothered for years in order to allow that to manifest and to cr- create. But yeah. once I did, it, it takes action yeah. to actually put things into motion and to start to make a difference in yeah. our world. And and that's really what we're talking about. Once you find the areas that you need to discreate or let go of, Mm -hmm. then you need to put something in its place. And what we place our attention on is what we expand. It's the law of attraction. The law of attraction to help others in our country and around the world and to join up with other groups. I have a question for you. Absolutely. How do you see us 
connecting the groups because we literally have hundreds of thousands of peace groups and activists, whether it's environmental, whether it's global issues, whether mm-hmm. it's local issues that are working with all of their projects. One of the things that the universal flag is trying to do is to break down those barriers mm-hmm. and allow them to see the interdependence, the interconnection that everything has to get them to put down their swords of protection around their little group. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I'm talking about, the survival mentality. And, and, and I've seen the same thing uh, in, in my work because I've worked a great deal with women's organizations and groups. And what I have come to the conclusion is what would be absolutely wonderful is, is to have a li- liaison within the organ within within in different areas of life. So, for example, there are a liaison, or maybe twenty liaisons, that each of them assigned specific. Let's use the women's organizations, women organizations that they they sit on on the board meetings. They know what's going on. They bring information from the other organizations. So there's a now they have created a pod. I have twenty. I'm the liaison between all twenty of you, and mm-hmm. we start talking about and with each other. And when we do events, we can see can. Where can we help each other? This liaison idea, I think, is something we need. I agree with you. We have moved out of the hierarchical leader, meaning I'm going to save the world. No. I am not going to save the world. We are the world recreating ourselves. Right. It's a we deal. And the old mentality that if you get the grant money, I lose, that survival world. Mm-hmm. No, that's not the way it's at. Here in my little community, I lost the political run. I went. I, I, ra- I was going to say raged last year, but I learned <laughs> a great deal. And uh, we are now uh, putting together a, a program, a project to work with the teenagers in our county because we have no place for them to be. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's, that was what w- the goal was. But what I am found, finding is the sub-goal has appeared, and that is networking these organizations together, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like exactly what I thought needed to be done in areas just like you're talking about. What can we do to network organizations together and and it's um, to, and still allow each organization to be, fulfill their part in that arena because everybody has their own part and we don't aren't need to do the same job. But we, we this old mentality has, has got to be gone by the wayside. We aren't there to win and lose. We are there to win-win, and that means organization to organization to organization. Sure, and I'm curious. You know, you know about the universal flag. How do you see that helping to change groups, even inside smaller communities, into school systems, in, in, in the places. You know, what's interesting to me, being an observer of this entire project, is that it's more important to f- people in foreign countries, in, in Ethiopia, in Uganda, in Kenya. It is like uh, we just landed and put the U.S. flag there to mm-hmm. rescue them. It is so important that they they have huge ceremonies around it and mm-hmm. i recognize that they are so optimistic and so open and so waiting for the rest of the world to figure out what they already know yeah how do we get people here to understand that well you know i i heard someone talk about that very issue 
because uh, talking to a group of uh, uh, people here, I'm in the Seattle, Washington area, and they said, you know, you know, you think you guys are front runners. You're, you are lethargic compared to the people in Africa. But they, he, but they said, you know what the difference is? For them, it is life or death. Mm-hmm. They've gone to the brink. And they know that if they don't hold hands, if they don't drop survival, if they don't drop conflict, win-lose, as a way of doing life, they die. Mm-hmm. You guys don't know that yet. But it's true for you, too. Now, I, you know, I, I think that what you're doing is, you know, I really believe that organic growth starts at the top of the pyramid. And that, you, you know, and you did. You start, started at the top of the pyramid with few and you are willing to go out there with, and just keep holding the space and and, and sharing the me- message. Mm-hmm. And and now you're no longer at the top. Now you're moving down, and the base is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that that's what you do. Every opportunity you have, you do. You take it and you talk about your the universal one concept. I was in a meeting just last week, Brian, and I said you. People need to know about Brian McClure and the Universal Flag. <laughs> well, that's great. I appreciate that, that. Yeah, you have ambassadors you don't know about, nor do you need to know about. Because well, I don't need to because see? I say it's everyone's symbol. It's your yeah. symbol. It's all the listeners' symbol. It's their opportunity to take our symbol and change our world. Yes. When we remember the simple truths, and, and really it's basically what you are talking about. It's what David was talking about. It's about taking a different view of our world once yeah. we view internally yeah. what it is about ourselves that we need to change. Yeah, and it's, and it's almost, I mean, it's not almost. To me, what I, what I would say is we aren't just changing our world. We are not healing our world. We are reframing what it means to be human mm-hmm. and on this earth we are totally reframing that and that's an amazing amazing job but that's what you're doing well that's what we all do we all do that in each new mm-hmm. day we and do. you know we tend to forget that we're spiritual beings having a human experience yeah. and you know we forget I've, I've said to many people Uh, The majority of our world believes in reincarnation. And if you had every opportunity in this lifetime to create a change within yourself, to be the peace that you want to see in the world, but you didn't do that, Mm -hmm. then what do you expect that you will come back as? Having the same life, the same gifts that we had? Or maybe could we possibly be born in the middle of a genocide or starving to death or into child labor or into illiteracy or into not having more than a dollar or two per day to live on. Yeah. You, uh, I I had a question asked of me one time and they said, uh, what is the value of, of, of this world? Some being in such great pain and some being in not so much great pain. And I said, there's great wisdom in that. When you're in the kind of pain that some people are in, all you can do is survive to make it through. They are showing us, then, they are showing us that we have within our world our consciousness, because our mass consciousness created this where we're at. They are showing us some of the darker parts. Mm -hmm. We who are not in that pain have the responsibility to acknowledge that pain, go within, and eliminate, transform, forgive those dark shadow parts within us 
as a surrogate for the entire mass consciousness of humankind. They show us the message. They don't have the energetic and the focus and the time and all it takes maybe to, to make a difference. We do. And instead of living our life joyfully, well, it's not my problem. Hey, it's our responsibility to see it and be the surrogate that goes in and heals it for all. That's my view. You know, I've and, said this many times to the listeners, and that is that whatever we do, whatever thoughts that we have, make a difference to the entire world. And when we finally remember that when we let one being suffer on the planet, then we are the creative force that does not change our world. We have the opportunity to change our world or not just by the thoughts that we have in each new day because what any one being does affects all beings. That's right. And, you know, with your listeners wondering, what can I do? Look, all you do is decide that you are going to be the change. You decide. I get up tomorrow morning. I am being the change for this world. And then you watch the doors open and walk through those opportunity doors. There are so many, so many opportunities, so many ways to do it. But it's you simply saying, I choose to be the change. And then just hold that and be that every day, every day, even in the face of what looks like you can't. You're not strong enough. How do you know? What are you good for? You just say to that, not my truth. I am being the change for this planet. And what I say to that is a 100% yay. I agree 100%. And the thing, the signpost that reminds you of that is a universal flag pin. It's a universal flag. (laughs) And each new day, it reminds you. Well, I got a flag on my door. That that's exactly who we are. You know, it allows us to come back to that present moment awareness, which Eckhart Tolle and everybody talks Mm -hmm. about. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about that now. Sure. Well, Sharon, I want to thank you so much for calling in and talking with you, and thank you for the great work that you do. Why don't you give your your uh, radio uh, site for everyone? My website is called sisterspace.net, very easy, sisterspace.net. And I think, Brian, you were the first male that I interviewed (laughs) on Sister Space. And, of course, since then we're interviewing others because it's not just the women who are changing the world. But uh, women, we need to step up to the plate real and. uh, so thank you for watching. Well, you're Sharon, doing, Brian. thank you, and I look forward to being on your show again you will. sometime. <laughs> you thank will. you. Thank Thanks you. for calling. You bet. Bye bye. Thanks. Our number tonight is 877-520-1150. If you would like to comment on David or Sharon, uh, whatever what they had to say about the views about being of service to others, David wanted to know, or if you want to comment on what Sharon had to say. Please give us a call at 877-520-1150. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll see if we have some callers. Stay tuned. Attention parents and grandparents. The world's greatest children's book author, Brian D. McClure, brings you two books, The Raindrop and The Sun and the Moon, both available at Amazon.com and UniversalFlag.com. 
The entire family has been waiting for these books. Buy both The Raindrop and The Sun and the Moon by Brian D. McClure, and your children and grandchildren will be inspired, entertained, and educated by the messages and illustrations contained within. For more information, go to www.universalflag.com. The universal flag is a symbol that represents our global community, transcending differences while honoring the uniqueness and commonality of all people. The universal flag companies have reached out to over 67 countries because half our world, 3 billion people, live on less than a dollar a day. Brian D. McClure's mission is to spread this symbol globally to inspire and give hope to people in need. Make a donation today to the people who need it most. Help global empowerment prosper through the Universal Flag Companies and make a donation now. For more information, go to www.universalflag.com. That's universalflag.com. Hi, and welcome back to A Call to Consciousness. This is your host, Brian McClure. Tonight we had our guest Congressman Dennis Kucinich, and we have been taking some calls, and I see that we have a caller on line four, Alex from Boulder, Colorado. Alex, welcome to A Call to Consciousness. Thanks, Brian. So what was your question, Alex, or what did you want to talk about? Well, I just wanted to let everybody, you know, after listening to Congressman Kucinich, he is taking 100% responsibility to change our planet. And there's a book out by Joe Vitale and Dr. Hugh Lynn called Zero Limits. And I just read that book. And the whole entire book is about self-responsibility, taking 100% responsibility for everything that is happening in your, in your world. So, you know, all of us are experiencing the Iraq War. All of us are experiencing what's happening with the genocide. And we all hear it on the news. So it is our responsibility to clean ourselves and get the programs out of ourselves to help heal the planet. You know, I have read that uh, book or parts of that book. I haven't finished it yet. But uh, I did I did notice where uh, where Dr. Hugh Lynn says that uh, with Ho'oponopono, you need to take responsibility. And he gives a, 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 almost a mantra or a way to uh, cleanse or to change life. Um, basically, he says that you have to, first of all, uh, say to the divine about any part inside of you, I believe, that, that you know, you feel uh, if terrorists attack and, and you're upset about that, that you have to take responsibility for that and say that I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. Can you expand on that? Yes, basically what you are doing is you're apologizing to the divine. When you say, I'm sorry, it's like, I'm sorry for having this program. And then when you say, please forgive me, you're not asking the divine to forgive you because you're always forgiven, but you're asking yourself permission to forgive yourself. And then you say, thank you, knowing that the divine has heard you and will handle it. And then when you say, I love you, you're transmuting it. And it's basically putting it back to neutral. And you say that a few times with the intention of letting go of whatever it is. In the book, it speaks about how Dr. Hugh Lin actually healed criminally ill patients in a Hawaii hospital um, that were on drugs and they were medicated and shackled. And over the four years that he worked there, he never saw one patient. He never went to any meetings about their progress. All he did 
was continue to clean himself with, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you, and I love you. And all but two of all of the patients left the facility. And they were criminally insane? Criminally insane. Wow. Well, that book is a, uh, a book that has been traveling around uh, and is very popular uh, right now. And certainly it's one of many techniques that are out there that can help all of us to change our world, to change the things within us. Because no matter what happens in the world, there is an aspect of all of us that connects to and identifies with that problem. And if we, if we have a response, if we have a judgment about something, then you know that we're connected to it. You know, the, for those of us, and I don't know anyone who actually can go through life without judging something, but when you think about it, that is the way that a divine source or God or Buddha or Krishna or whatever you refer to a higher being is, is a non-judgmental, no judgment, just unconditional love. And that's the space that we all come from. That's the space that we all are and the space that we go back to when we're down here. We're coming back to remember that unconditional love that we share with all things. And, and that includes nature. You know, if you, you, you've never seen anyone argue with nature. We can argue with each other, but you can't argue really with a tree now, can you? No, you can't. And if I could just say one thing um, about what David was talking about with the Peace Corps. Um, in Boulder, Colorado, we have so many organizations. We're just people like me. I'm, I sit on a lot of committees to help, you know, the Women's Better Shelter or the Humane Society or children's organizations. And we raise so much money. I mean, it is a small community of people making a difference. And all the restaurants, I mean, they are hit up by hundreds of organizations, and they always give. And that's one thing that you could do. Start an organization. Find your passion, just like Dr. Congressman Kucinich said, follow your passion. And if you want to help children, then find an organization or start your own. A girlfriend of mine started the Humane Society's event um, in 2004, I believe, and wanted to raise $5,000. She raised 25000 and today it's 14 years, 15 years in the making, and they're making over $200,000 on that one event because she decided to have some fun with friends. So anyone can do that. I think I might have to put her in charge of the universal flag funding. and <laughs> That's something that I'll have to get done here real soon. Alex, you'll have to stay on the line afterwards so I can get your phone number. Um, I want to thank you for calling us and uh, talking with us. And uh, for any of you that are listening, if uh, you would like to comment, if you have read the book Zero Limits, uh, please give us a call at 877-520-1150. Alex, uh, have you had uh, anything in your life which has been an aha moment? Oh, I've had many things in my life that have been aha moments. Um, my call to consciousness came when I was about 29 years old. A friend of mine gave me a book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, and I haven't stopped reading or taking courses on bettering myself since then. And I just wanted to say one thing. I know we have to get off the line, but thank you so much for having this fabulous um, radio show. It is so much fun to listen to each week. And thank you so much for the courage to create a universal flag and to support peace around our world. Really appreciate that. Well, thank you very much, Alex. Um, our show tonight 
certainly has been brought to us by the Universal Flag Companies. The Universal Flag and Symbol is something that I would encourage would encourage all of you to purchase. Go to universalflag.org, purchase a pin. I think it's $9 or $10. Wear it everywhere that you are. When you do, it helps remind you, bring you back to present moment awareness, representing and recognizing that oneness of everyone and everything and the things that we share in common, one with all, divine presence, truth, the eternal nature of man, and the interdependence that we all have. Thank you for listening to A Call to Consciousness. We will be seeing you next week at the same time. Till we see you then, stay conscious. Thanks. feel like you're getting old, losing your edge, forgetting a name, a word, where you left your car keys? Well, that's because right now you are losing brain cells. Your brain works efficiently when you're young. After age 40, that starts to change and you can feel yourself losing your edge. But a scientific breakthrough has been proven to protect your aging brain for a sharper mind and clearer thinking. It's called Prevagen. Call now and find out how to receive a free 30-day supply. Call 1-800-400-1022. My memory was so bad, I was afraid I'd have to retire. With Prevagen, my memory's back. Nothing on earth can protect your brain like Prevagen. It's a breakthrough in science that can protect your memory and restore your edge. Oh, Prevagen will change lives. Absolutely. It changed mine. Protect your brain, protect your memory for a sharper mind and clearer thinking. Find out how to receive your free 30-day supply of Prevagen by calling 1-800-400-1022. That's 1-800-400-1022. There are more than 8,000 mutual fund managers in the U.S., and many produce investment results that are below average. That means millions of people are paying for poor investment performance. Are you one of them? Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Call Money Masters right now at 1-800-400-4911 for your free retirement investment plan. Hi, I'm Dan Kiley, Chairman of the Retirement Corporation of America. Over the past 25 years, I've developed a process for selecting 15 top investment managers who consistently achieve outstanding results year after year in both up and down markets. We call this select group our Money Masters. Best of all, it's easy to put Money Masters to work for you. We'll even move your existing investments to a Money Masters portfolio for you with low management fees, no commissions, and no transaction fees. Don't put up with poor investment performance. Call right now for a free retirement investment plan. The number is 1-800-400-4911. 1-800-400-4911. Is your credit score holding you back? Are you paying more for everything just because you don't have perfect credit? Well, it's not your fault. Credit card companies are doing everything they can to keep you in debt and never let you escape. But I've got a system that can fix your credit score once and for all. And I'm going to send you a free tape showing you the power of my proven system today. My credit score is now 758. My wife and I are shouting for joy right now. Hi, I'm John Commuta, creator of the Transforming Debt into Wealth system. My system doesn't just fix your credit score, it will permanently rebuild your credit status so it can never come back to haunt you again. It works no matter how bad your credit is or how much debt you have. Our credit score was in the low 600s and now we're at 780. You can wipe the slate clean once and for all. Call right now and I'll rush you my free tape. For your free tape, call 1-800-400-6448. That's 1-800-400-6448. 1-800-400-6448. Six four four eight. 
This is a message from the CEA, the California Earthquake Authority. If you have CEA insurance and you experience damage in a recent earthquake, you should contact your insurance agent or company to file a claim. If you can't reach your insurance agent or company, call the CEA toll-free at 877-797-4300 or log on to EarthquakeAuthority.com. That's 877-797-4300 or EarthquakeAuthority.com. Daphne's Greek Cafe is fresh, Greek, and delicious and featuring crispy chicken for a limited time. Visit Daphne's today and enjoy a delicious crispy chicken pita sandwich or a fresh crispy chicken salad. Your family will love Daphne's crispy chicken. Visit Daphne's.biz to find your neighborhood location. How much could you be saving on car insurance? Three, four, five hundred dollars? There's a real easy way to find out. Just go to Geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. 